where did you podcasters come in from? Uranus. I'm Noah nah. Jansen. I'm Noah Jansen. <laughs> I'm Molly Ward. Welcome to Twin Peaks. <laughs> oh. So sweet. Gosh, I love movies. like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which myself, Noah, Anthony and Molly are currently recording, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past, present and future. Welcome to Twin Picks, a show where we watch two movies that are kind of similar in some kind of, kind of way and we pick our favourite. And today we have a wonderful selection chosen by longtime listener and friend and guest Molly Ward. <laughs> yes. yes. Thank oh my you gosh. so much for coming in Yay. to talk with us today. Our actual all-timer. Molly has been listening from day one. Day dot. Oh. We've been listening together from day one. We um the very first day this episode came out was Molly and I were in a raggedy, but no, it wasn't raggedy, but it was the gorgeous apartment, actually. Yeah. It's really, I actually missed that. <laughs> the, I have a lot of party members at that But you're in a raggedy state. Thing. We were yeah. in a raggedy state. Exhausted. Under the influence yeah. of many Noah naughty was, things. Noah was wearing one of my shirts and, like, <laughs> over the course of the evening we were like, wow, you look so cool in that shirt. And then just something clicked the next morning and Noah was like, like a sad person in Las Vegas. <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> I do. I it totally remember that. It was like a dragon, like button-up shirt. It was just like, yes. Oh, I, funny. I'd completely forgotten about that. But yeah, yeah, we were cuddling in a bed with my. It was. Wait, was it? I feel like it was the door. I remember it being quite cold because the sliding door yeah. was there. You had the nice balcony right there at 10 a.m. Where we're all like essentially passed out because we've been out all night and we popped on. Like my first podcast. My first podcast is The Parent Trap and Face Off. It kept me up. It did. Well, I'm sure you listened much more attentively than I did because you've always been a wonderful friend like that. I was was there, but I was vacant. I wasn't listening. But you are because it's also so sweet. You you comment constantly on the apps. You listen. Have great ideas for pairings of movies that we should do. You do. Yeah, and then I one time sent Noah a pairing that you were literally recording the next day. Which one oh, was no, that? Which one? Showgirls. Yeah, oh, Showgirls that's so weird. Yeah. That's that right. Was very bizarre. Which is what Eliza, it's one of her fave movies. So she's it's also one of my favorites. Yes. Also Michelle Visage's favorite movie. Yeah, damn, oh, they reference it all the time. Yeah. Stunning. Well, yeah. and <laughs> just to reflect your how you're just tailor-made for this podcast, you generally people bring us a film and then we are like, oh, cool, we could pair it with this. You've rocked up with the pairing. Basically a twin film situation. Essentially twin films. They're a year slow. apart. Yeah. They both have really long titles. <laughs> They're both about drag queens going on a road trip to Cross reach. country Cross country yeah. to reach some sort of competition performance. slash performance. And they both have fucking long titles. Yeah. Being. The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. And Too Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmark. <laughs> Gosh, like, that is too wild. much. Too, especially Too Wong Fu. It's like. Yeah. Too especially <laughs> because it's not even that big a part of the movie. I was yeah. like, oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah baffling. It's just like a little reference and they have the mm. callback as like the absolute last moment of the, the movie. The literal last mm. second, exactly. Yeah. What is your experience with both these films and, of course, being a drag queen aficionado that you are? <laughs> Who 
me. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Moi? Um, well, I remember watching Priscilla when I was a kid with my parents. Um, and then I feel like everyone's parents have um, those kind of celebrities that they claim to know <laughs> or knew when they were younger. Our mum claiming that she Matthew saw Broderick. Matthew Broderick walking down the street oh, and he I ran away this, from her. Like she was in a cafe and she saw him outside. Yeah, and she, well, the reason I actually believe her is he was like running away from her. So clearly he's like, oh, some freak has seen me. And he's like, oh my God, I did not want to interact with this fan because he's run down the street. I feel like if she was lying, she'd be like, yeah, he he blew me a kiss. Th- like, yeah, she wouldn't, exactly. she wouldn't be like, he ran he away. Ran away. <laughs> he ran away. Anyway, exactly. so allegedly my great grandparents' house, which my step-grandfather now lives in um is next door to the house that um guy pierce grew up in in geelong and um the boy next door yeah so the rumor has it that my aunt sue (laughs) used to swim naked in their swimming pool with guy pierce when they were children um wow did they remember much about Guy Pierce as a little child. Re- what kind of child like really, was Guy? It was just kind of like those funny things where you're like friends with the neighbors, like when you're a child. But yeah, not, totally. You don't really like. Yeah, you don't really remember it. Yeah. Yeah, and then like he was like obviously like a bodybuilder when he was a kid, and then like was in movies very young. So yeah, he surely like moved away. So he took off. Yeah, and shit happened. There. Yeah, Guy was out of Geelong. He's gone. <laughs> yeah. So that was Guy. Um, that was and the then guy as the, neighbor. Uh, the musical. My brother was in the musical Priscilla Queen of the Desert on a cruise around the world for seven mm-hmm. months in 2019 before the world shut down. His contracts are chunky. He yeah. was doing Priscilla. He was gone. Wow. And he was. He played, <laughs> he played Frank the homophobe who gay bashes Felicia. And then also Ken Radley who plays Frank. In the actual movie. In the actual movie, babysat my brother Sam and I when we were children because <gasps> his wife was part of like a mother's group that our mum was in and they like babysat each other. Is this the thing you realised at the time or were you like older and like, oh, my God, You're that's like, our old Frank. babysitter? <laughs> I think, like I think we were more, well, I mean, I obviously didn't know about Priscilla when I was like a child be- yeah. being babysat, but like we knew that he played B1 in Bananas in Pyjamas. So that was <laughs> that's so quite cool. cool. Would he like do the voice and be like, time to go to bed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we used to like go over to to like the person who was babysitting us house like rather than them coming to your right. house. This may be really dumb, especially because I watched Bananas in Pajamas a lot as a kid, but like did they talk or yeah. did they just like vibe? They classic line. Yeah. You know, like, Are you thinking me, what I'm, I'm thinking? B1? I think oh, I am B2. Like, I really don't remember this. Wow. They don't have moving mouths, so that might no. be. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's one of those animated ones, CGI yeah, ones. High Five one. has that as well where it's like, are you yeah. kidding? High Five is literally just five it's people. people. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what are we doing? I used to be really scared of Jub Jub from High Five. You know, like the one that's like <laughs> the octopus. Yeah, the octopus was like in the corner. Why were you oh, scared yeah. of him? You thought he would like I just mess up your creepy. things. I think yeah. he's cute. I think I was maybe a bit scared of Captain Feathersword in The Wiggles. And I love The Wiggles. <laughs> There's something about him. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe it was... He was, he was kind of queer. Maybe I had internalized homophobia. He was queer. Look at that feather. I hate this guy like, for some reason. But, mm, that colour pink. There's something about this guy. I fucking hate him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he wears me. pink. He has feathers. I had a I, pink he feathers. He has like purple and pink. He had a feather boa. Oh, that's Disney. camp. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, what is this awakening in me? Yeah, um, stunning. Yeah, and then I also just like love drag. Love drag race so yeah. much. Like... Every person who I speak to, I try to get them to watch Drag Race. I think it's a really. Are you, what are, I, you re, are you re-watching at the moment? As well, well, I'm getting 
my housemate, um, previous podcast. Big fan of the pod. Big fan of the pod. Um, Karis oh, Oka from. Uh, I love always say pod because it sounds like pud. Like a little pud. A little pud. Maybe just a little bit more. Maybe a little bit of pud. And we have watched seasons four and five, and we're like, I've, I mean, I've. Golden watched, era. Yeah, and then we're up to season six at the moment. Strong. And Karis loves Adore. Adore. Which her. is, which is, yeah, she did, adores Adore. Did you guys watch Down Under? Yes. Like, did you actually watch it all? Yeah. Before? And was it just like I a feel hate like I was experience? checked out once Anita was eliminated. Mm. Yeah. Or it's like every week from there, I like got attached to Electroshock, and then it's like, well, yeah. she gets kicked out as well. Like, yeah. Oof. Yeah. Everyone you no, like was no. the next one to go home. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they were like really betting on people like loving Scarlett Karen from and Karen. And, yeah. and then they just brought art back for seemingly no reason. And like, I really like like Karen and art. I like all of them as, as drag queens, but. Mm. Just the way that the season was was there. run was and so very confusing. I, I saw the clips of how they got like celebrities. Yeah, they were like they like Taika Waititi's like oh a God, guest, and it's like was, the worst was so random. It's it was like filmed. he just filmed bits. It's but been like, like whoa, hey, yeah. like, he not literally phoned it in. Like yeah. it was, yeah. it was so lazy. Yeah, and then it was mm. funny like when Kylie Minogue was on it and like Olivia Newton John. They're like, we've been loving the season so far, and it's like you haven't you actually watched, <laughs> couldn't yeah. possibly have watched yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. Well, can we quickly net list off some fave drag queens for mm. the folks to? Okay. Um, in terms of like humor, my favorite drag queen is Katya. And yeah. then in terms of like fashion and like general general likability and talent, it's Shake mm. They basically made a season to, to like give her a crown. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and then just like general aesthetic, I really love Violet Chashki. Mm. And I like how like, brutally honest she is. Oh, nice. Yeah. Stunning. Yeah. I think a thing, like, I guess we'll get into it talking about the movies and stuff, but don't you reckon with Drag Race, like, compared to if you're watching, like, MasterChef or Project Runway or something, yeah. it's like, it's so satisfying that there's multiple different ways to win. Oh, like absolutely. You're saying, like, like, they all have different skill sets, but they yeah. still, you know, mm. won. Like, or whatever. Someone who really, like, in, like, a pageant, there's mm. no way that they could win because mm. they're. You know, they don't have, like, amazing costumes or they don't have, like, you know, they can't sing or they can't dance. Like, they have the opportunity to grow and mm. learn yeah. and, like, yeah. it's just You it's feel, like, like, charming enough. It yeah. doesn't matter. Like, you can bullshit your way to winning. Yeah. yeah. And then I also think that it's cool that you don't even have to win to become, mm. like, incredibly beloved and... Yeah, yeah, totally. And then and I think something interesting that I've heard people say about drag race is like on the flip side that there are queens who do terribly on drag race um and just because you're bad at drag race or not not necessarily bad but like you're not good at drag race doesn't mean that you're not a good drag drag queen, queen just mm-hmm. like the format of what that yeah, show it is doesn't that, suit you yeah yeah the people that are always like i am a legend in new york and they're yeah. like super huge deal and then they are not like they don't make good tv yeah yeah wow yeah like um her name, from the uk um, yeah, Joe Valentine. Joe, Joe, yeah. no. Joe Black. Joe Black, <laughs> no, Joe. Joe Black and Terry Valentine. Yeah, yeah Joe Black like, is like a beloved like cabaret drag queen. Oh, wow. And like is like when everyone was in, they were like, Joe is like going to win the whole season. And then Joe was eliminated first on the episode. first episode. And then, no way. And then came back and yeah. then <laughs> had the H&M again. H&M <laughs> issue. Yeah. 
What's H&M issue? Oh, okay, so, so, so they had like they had like a um like Best a girl episode. group Eurovision <laughs> challenge. Oh, alrighty. And Joe was in the losing group, and like they had to like kind of put costumes together that like match or oh, like look like. Oh, is this like this whole the- thing where they, where Rue was like, it looks yeah. like H and M? But like Rue, like- well, like Michelle's like that outfit looks cheap. It looks like it's from Primark, and then Joe she like, jokingly. Like, jokingly whispered like H H&M. and and then Rue was like, "That's not a joke. Like, how oh. dare you?" And he flipped out. I was like, "I don't want to see any fucking H and M," which is like, especially Rue. for the UK, they don't earn money if they win. Literally, so it's like, how, where do you think they're getting the money? Yeah, and also, like, just yeah, the nature H&M. of drag being that, like, yeah. it's mm. not supposed to be about like how much money, yeah, like, being well, able to afford yeah, the most like, expensive like, shit. How accessible Michelle that is. Chi Chi, like, you don't yeah, need it's money, not about girl. Money, girl. Yeah. Yeah, wild. Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> anyway, you are all very well versed <laughs> on drag queen. Even Anthony is like a much bigger drag. Anyway, we have to get on to recapping yeah. this drag race. Yeah, episode. truly, truly, our, our drag race uh, podcast. Because I bet there's not already a bunch of those. But yeah. thank you so much for bringing these movies. I was so excited to watch them because I I love when like I haven't seen one of them, but I have. I'm really familiar with the other. And watching them together, I was like, this is the really interesting thing that happens on the pod. Where like. It's real, I'm always going to think of that when I say pod. pod now. Like when you put them, when you watch them together as a double bill, one of them, mm. like doing that actually makes one of them look way worse than it actually is. Like putting them together, I was like, this film, while I think on its own actually is pretty good, watching them in this way, I was like, oof, like they do not yeah. compare well, I think, which is what you want on mm. the podcast. Yeah. So it's done. Should we dive right in? Let's with do it. Our first film. Indeed, which came out. First, yes. yeah, Priscilla. Priscilla. <laughs> Priscilla. <laughs> you know when he hits the thing, he's like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love when they do like an evil laugh and they're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about like the pedo uncle, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so good. The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, directed by Stephen Elliott, came out in 1994. It was actually a Cannes Film Festival and definitely more critically acclaimed than the other film we're looking at today, which came out the year after. As you said, Priscilla is like a huge cultural touchstone for Aussie comedy, particularly of the 90s when like randomly heaps of Australian movies were getting made. Wow. Isn't it wild nice. that the Australian film industry was what it was? I know. And uh, I really classify well. this in my brain in the same way that I classify like Muriel's Wedding. Like yeah. to me, they're like sibling movies. Yeah, absolutely. And I just like mm, think astounding. Well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very true. And like astoundingly assured of what they are. Like when I watched it the whole yeah. way through, I'm like there's something about like how efficiently and perfectly you've told this story in the tone you've told it in that allows everyone to be like, oh, as well as this being like really, really clever, like very clever film, it's also like it knows that to be a touchstone, it should be like quotable mm. and like stylistically have like a snark or like a like a, a wit to it that's like lovable but still like yeah. cheeky, you know? Like it's just endlessly knocking me over i could not believe it yeah i love the production design of this movie sorry no no oh i was just gonna say yeah it feels like 
unprecedented. Like it yeah. feels like yeah. it has learned from five or ten movies that have tried to do this before it, yeah, and it's like gotten true. it right, but it actually just didn't have anything that it was building off. Like it was just it, it such launches, a holistic yeah. vision, which is just like yeah. phenomenal. And I feel like for like Hugo Weaving and Guy Pearce in particular, I mean, I guess for Terrence Stamp as well, like they hadn't played any roles like this before. Mm. And like it's kind of it's kind of an interesting I mean, we'll talk about it later about like mm. queer people playing queer roles. But mm. I do think that like for the nineties, this was a really cool, like deep dive into like this subculture mm. of you know, Australia and obviously mm. like drag is like worldwide, but it was just like an interesting look at what drag was in Australia in particular. Absolutely. Yeah. Like when you think of Australian drag and as we were talking about with a Drag Race Down Under, which was limited in some ways, yeah, you do think of Priscilla, like yeah. the foam wigs and like yeah. super colourful, purposefully tacky, like high camp. Like that's mm. the design ethos of Priscilla. Yeah. And, and I feel like even though like Bernadette is inherently like a trans character, like she is a woman, when she is doing drag, she is doing this kind of Australian drag, which mm. is that high camp that you were talking mm. about. It's not like the feminine illusion. like Yeah, it's like yeah. it didn't really feel like mm. they were female impersonators. It felt like they were doing drag. It's such a, a like, it's an interesting one to like, I, like I almost am skipping to compare the pics again, but like I was thinking with this one that both these films have the problem of having like straight men playing mm. like, queer characters that do drag and in this case like for Terrence Stamp a trans woman yeah there's something in this film where it really doesn't come across as grating as in uh to Wong Fu because the way that the comedy is like Australian and the lens through which it's like Australian drag is like the nature of the line deliveries and like the way everything's saying has this like Australian like twang or like humor that feels very I don't know. I even just was thinking like the way their faces are so like, like the way Hugo Weaving like opens his mouth and like when he's doing drag, he does this like really expressive thing with his lips and and it's so funny, his teeth. And you're like that, I don't know, there's such like a distinctive flair in it. Whereas to Wong Fu feels like we're going like, oh, look at these like straight dudes. It's less of a, they're not doing a brave role. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. it definitely felt like, um, we'll talk about it later, but yeah. Yeah. We will it's talk so about tricky. It later. We will. We will. We will. You're right. I, I skipped us ahead. That was me. No, um, it's okay. I I adore that this film has so many like little stylistic set piece ideas. Mm. Like for a thing about this is a random connection to make, but there actually are allusions to it in this film. I think I watched Lawrence of Arabia the other day, <laughs> and that's a film because there's bits where like. Um, Hugo Weaving's walking around the desert with like in like white garb and like yeah. Yeah. enjoying Practicing the like the flow of his of his garb in, in the in the wind. But I just think there's also a really great. It reminded me of um, that movie because I think it's really hard to make a film about being like trapped in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. This entertaining, like this yeah. constantly clever and like innovative, and like we're always moving towards the next beat so efficiently that like. I don't know, both those films, I was really impressed that I was like, oh, you have translated being in the hot summers, like in the hot Australian mm. sun, being exhausted and bored in an interesting way that yeah. isn't just like nothing's happening. Yeah. Like they're always like, okay, what are we going to do now? Let's paint the bus. What are we going to do now? I'm going to be on top of the bus and like yeah, all those incredible, iconic yeah. costumes. How do they do all those in the, sh- in the musical? I didn't um, see it. 
Like, oh, in the musical, like the bit on top of the bus. Also, something interesting that I know about the bit on top of the bus is that apparently they couldn't get approval to do that because it was really unsafe. Dangerous. And so they were trying to do it in this other way that just looked a bit flimsy and shit. And then they were finally like, we're just going to fucking do it. And they got like the one shot of like the gold, like lame, like yeah. floating behind. And that's obviously Beautiful. Like, the quintessential just image of this movie. It's yeah. absolutely stunning. Even things like the um, how clever it is to use desert imagery of like all the shots of the little like chameleon lizards, yeah, and I'm like, like oh, like crawling over the like stoly bottles. Yeah, and they look <laughs> yeah. like, and then like obviously later on the set, like the final performance at yeah, the casino like is celebrating like, Australian yeah. flora. Yeah, it just is so, so like defi- like proudly utilizing its location, but yeah. equally like cleverly being like. Even our outback has like little creatures that have like yeah, look camp. a bit different and yeah. camp themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so beautiful. Yeah. Wait, um, so Molly, did they get hit with like some kind of fine or something? Or like, was there any repercussions? Anything about it? I think that they were I'll just like, "It's it. unsafe. We can't do it." And then yeah. they're like, "We're just gonna do it once." So. Mm. But yeah, in the in the musical, they like just kind of it's like on a wire, and someone's literally mm. going like <laughs> waving them <laughs> up and down. Uh, yeah. It's not as impressive, but it's still oh, fun. I can't say. Yeah, Damn. so interesting. Um, speaking of the performances, maybe mm. that's a good way to yeah. I want to talk about the characters. More. Yeah, because uh, I don't want to keep comparing the pics, but to Wong Fu is more pageant scene. Yeah. So in this one, we're seeing them lip syncing. It's like nightclub performance. Ultimately, this amazing climactic performance at a nightclub. To finally, are there other musical numbers that like really stood out to you while you're watching where you're like, I can't wait for this bit. Um, I was so excited for um, I Will Survive. Yeah. Which is just like the most gorgeous. I was cackling. Like I was so happy. When they're in the Gumby costumes. Yeah. When they've got the funny feet. They're like covered feet or whatever. Yeah. So sweet. And then like they put the um, like the indigenous man that brings them in in the costumes. And he's so happy. It makes me laugh. I was like in tears like watching that last night. Just like. All of their like everyone watching it, their faces and they're like smiling it's so, so sweet. And the sun comes up and they're I like, know. oh, they've been doing it all night. Yeah. It's like magical filmmaking. It's oh, so good. so beautiful. Um, weirdly, a bit that I'm always excited to watch when I first is just like the opening number of like yeah. I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. I don't know why that scene like <laughs> makes me laugh so hard. I I watched To Wong Fu first before it, yeah. and that scene immediately made me be like, well, this is why this Wong is a better Fu, film who, yeah. Yeah. because To Wong Fu is about success. It's about yeah. being bigger and better and that rubbing off on people who need to learn that, mm. which isn't really the story of facing the adversity you would face as a drag queen, as yeah. someone living outside the norm. This is a film about like individuality at every cost, about being like every day I have to wake up and fight yeah. for who I want to be. Yeah. Like every one of the characters is learning that the whole movie has been like, no, I am who I am. And every time that I like try to prove that, even in the way of like, the incredible Guy Pierce character mm. of being like, I don't fucking take anything from anyone. I crack skulls. I fucking like say the yeah. thing. I look for a fight is mm. about like proving yourself to someone. Yeah. And it's all about being like these women, yeah. like the, the, these the queens, they literally only need to live by their own terms for themselves. I think, mm. I think kind of the three characters like kind of represent like a, a journey of queerness mm. that like Felicia as in Guy, Guy Pierce, 
is like still young and like trying to prove something. Mm, exactly. And then like Tick as like an like Mitzi as like kind of more sure of themselves, but then also in that kind of journey of like not knowing what their, you know, sexuality is, but then kind of coming to terms and accepting that that they don't actually have to decide whether mm. they're gay or straight or bisexual. Like when when Felicia mm. asks Mitzi, like, well, are you gay or are you straight? And then Mitzi's like, I don't really know. And you don't like, actually have to. Having to circle back and, like, reckon with, like, oh, wow, I did have this, like, wife and child and stuff. And like, even though, like, you don't know anything about life. the wife, you don't hear her on the phone when he calls and there's this mm. big build up about being, like, what is yeah. is she going to just And walk? it's about and, as nice and as And then you meet be. her and she's <laughs> yeah. gorgeous. And yeah. she's, like, the only one not accepting you is yourself. Exactly. You're in your own way. Your kid is obsessed with you and you're performing this, like, hetero yeah. buff dude that, like, you are not. Yeah. And then I feel like Bernadette is like, I mean, obviously it's more like a gender, Mm. you know, realisation rather than a sexuality. But, like, even just through the course of the movie, like when Felicia's, like, calling Bernadette by her dead name, Ralph, Mm. like initially she's just, like, really angry about it, like getting into fights about it, and then she's just like, actually I'm secure enough with myself that you're just trying to get a rise out of me but I don't actually have to give it to you. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah. And even, like, that she gets, like, a romantic story as well. Like, grieving, like, an ex at the start and then getting this, like, new love interest. And an ex that is 25 and very young and the idea of being like, oh, some people just have this, almost being like you've accepted yourself for your, like, to what degree have you accepted yourself because you say that all the relationships you have are with young people who have a thing for, for trans, trans women, yeah. and it's like, yeah. so what you if aren't someone letting, just accepted you on your level? You aren't, exactly, yeah. you aren't inviting people into your life that meet you at, as the human you are and like value you as the human wow. you are. Yeah, an that's astounding so film. I think yeah. that song, starting it off with the lyric, I've been to paradise, I've never been to me. It's like <laughs> the fact that the whole movie, they've seen all of Australia go to Kings Canyon and stuff, like that's the big indelible image at the end. Yeah. It's like, no matter where you go, you are there, like you can, yeah. you know, they they perform everything about themselves and like can be as proud as they want, but it's like you're still going to have to face yourself. Wherever you go, you can't escape it. Yeah. And like yeah, I think it feels like that is something that the two Wong Fu characters are waiting to learn, right? Like well, this the is two like Wong the step Fu beyond characters. Fu. It's just like completely absent from conflict. The, well, it isn't, but the conflict is outside of the characters. The yeah. characters are fully formed. The world needs to catch up in that film. Yeah. It's yeah. about every circumstance, them being like, well, maybe they aren't going to learn, maybe they don't want to learn this from us, and mm. then they, like, do. And it's like, look what we've done here. And it's like, yeah. but that is not, like, surely the experience of reflecting yeah. this queer story, this, like, drag queen life is about being like, no, I need to affirm myself and I don't, like, this movie is full of, like, you know, incredible, like, witty comebacks that sometimes are received with, like, the whole room eventually, like, like when um Terrence Stamp's character, sorry, I forget. Bernadette. Yeah, when Bernadette uh, makes the quip at the the joke Shirl, we did Sunday, at Shirley yeah. and then that brings the whole bar on her side yeah. but then for the rest of the movie that doesn't always happen yeah. sometimes like the climax is them being like people here don't really like your show like, they don't really it's, care. Too, it's too Sydney it's too Melbourne like yeah, yeah. exactly it it's about I, think, I also think that there's like like 
interesting themes that like yes when when they're in broken hill um even though they kind of win them over when they've done the lack mm. of the main drag in drag and then they go out for a drink you know after bernadette yeah. makes that light, light your tampon string on fire and blow your box apart because it's the only bang you're ever going to get. That <laughs> reference. And then everyone's like, oh, and then they're all drinking. They're like having fun. They put themselves to bed and then they wake up in the morning and someone's been written tagged. AIDS fuckers go home on the bus. Mm. But it's like even though they thought they were having this great time, that's actually not the reality of what was happening. Mm, exactly. And it's not just like this magical thing where you just win over a town and everyone's yeah. like, yeah, you're right. My prejudices are wrong. It's like yeah. uh, actually like that is not obviously the case. And a lot of the people last night you were probably celebrating with equally didn't like yeah. fully come around to the idea they didn't just decide that night that their prejudices are gone either. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's interesting that there can be that those facets in a movie and it can be really wise to not flattening down characters like that, but then it still manages to have probably one of the only elements of the movie that remains like really controversial yeah. and like hated a character like the uh, Filipina like oh, ping yeah. pong ball shooting gold digging wife. Yeah. How do you guys feel watching this scene now? It really like, sticks does it stick out. out? Yeah, it does. Yeah. As a film that's been so like considerate and gentle about like being like we empath, especially because it's a film that, as we've spoken about, empathizes at the level of being like, well, it would be a disservice to make a film about drag queens exclusively about success. Mm. Like it would be a disservice to to show to truthfully tell a story about this community is to show the full rounded nature of what that experience is and then to present another character as the stereotype yeah is like what that's so yeah. bizarre and it's obviously that like you know the because again like the movie's so effective at going from like set piece to set piece it moves really naturally and like each area brings a different color to what's happened before mm. it just didn't need to be that they just could have thought of something better yeah and that didn't offend yeah, That's I don't me. think I don't think you? that that needed to kind of be this mail order bride story. I think it could just be like a crazy young wife, or you know, a, mm. even if it was like a wife the same age as him who was like a bit cuckoo. That would be yeah. quite funny. Mm. I just think seeing the main characters be such so like mean to her, like yeah. the way they're like, oh god, isn't she painful? Like she's awful and stuff. It's yeah. Like, aren't you guys like? Didn't you just like escape a town where you're being like? pretty much gay bashed and attacked and stuff like mm. where's the solidarity kind of yeah like it does feel just out of character like from a script perspective you'd be like oh having been through what they've been through why would they take it out on this like other outsider yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah a low point in something that otherwise for me is just pretty pitch perfect it just doesn't come to mind when you think of priscilla like i yeah, no, like, I, yeah. when yeah. you brought it up just then i was like oh yeah that actually oh, happened yeah. i literally watched a movie yesterday and i was like my mind just glazed over it, yeah. over like, it. this is really uncomfy yeah and so i'm not actually gonna think about it yeah totally ah. yeah Stunning. um should we talk about the sun i think he is just <sighs> The cutest cherub, thing little cherub boy <laughs> to ever happened to he, the world. At every point, he says the so absolute perfect pure, thing. I could. Die. One of my favorite lines of the movie is when I don't know what he said. He's like, he's like, yeah, well, you you like other men. Can we go play Lego? Yes. What does he say? Oh my god, so sweet. 
Yes. Oh, and he's, he's like, so are good. you going to have a boyfriend when we get back to Sydney? Oh, my God. <laughs> so and again, like, so like happily you're... watching them perform at Yeah. 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 And, like, and if then, you're and raised with like, these ideals, like, it would just be life for you. Like, when Tick's mm. like, I don't always perform ABBA. Like, no, he's like, I don't always perform you know, I don't always dress up as a he's woman. Like, I do Elvis. Like, I do Elvis. And... and then he's like, do you do ABBA? I was like, oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> and then he immediately, like, you see it. Like, I love, like, seeing a thing drop in a character. Like, yeah. you look on and Hugo Weaver's face oh. as he's like, I'm being so dumb. And then he, like, picks him up. He, like, runs <laughs> yeah. and picks him up and gets in a costume. So oh my sweet. God. I wonder so if our kid, special. like, they be older than us now? Way older. Oh, yeah. Because well, 94. 94. So, I mean, he would have like, been at least 10. Damn, wonder what yeah. he's up to. Yeah. Saving the world. How sad would it be if he was like a huge homophobe? <laughs> don't. What would we do? Don't, don't put that no. out. No, it'll be chilling. No, I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's a little angel. And oh. we love his work. We really do. Yeah. So. Uh, no, that's okay. I'm, I, are you finished with talking about Priscilla? Like, Any more thoughts? I was just going to kind of talk about yeah. like, the, mu- the music generally. Yeah, Let's of course. Let's do it. Another big one that I think in these films is very different is one of them yeah. makes you feel like, okay, what is drag what is this culture and what is equally the thing of being like i think the nature of how quick they are and witty they are is so reflected yeah. in this mm. to be like that's as we said an element of drag culture yeah of course, i also but- think the humor in this movie is still incredibly relevant today like the humor hasn't, yeah, hasn't I just really think it's changed so, again there's something about writing a film that you're like it's this quotable film like yeah. i always remember like oh how brave a cock in a frock on, on a rock. rock. Yeah. Like yeah. you just write that and you're like, no, yeah. people will remember that. Like that is quotable, memorable. And like, just yeah. the editing and like the quickness of seeing them like dancing around the van and like lip syncing oh, and stuff. So it good. is, yeah, it feels really contemporary. Yeah. Definitely. Give us a song song breakdown, Mole. Okay. So the soundtrack, it's all hits. Okay, number one, I've been, I've never been to me by Charlene. Such a nice, you know what the opening randomly reminds me of? You know how Spice Girl, Spice World, the movie opens with quite a gentle song, and I'm like, such an interesting choice for the start of a movie. It works a lot better here than it does in Spice World. (laughs) And then we go, Go West by Village People, obviously quintessential gay band. Yeah. Um, Billy, Don't Be a Hero. I didn't remember that in there. I love the nightlife. Yeah. Classic. Um, I will survive. Of course. Fine romance. Shake your groove thing. Shake your groove thing. Finally. Oh my god, wait, what is oh. is um shake your groove thing in Pupapedi? What where's yeah, that? Yeah, it's when they've got they've got like the wigs and then they pull, I was say, what's they the... pull the hair off and then they're like pom-poms. <laughs> Oh yeah, I really like the one that um Guy Pierce wears where it's like plastic hair that's like blue and uh, purple and it's kind of like I don't even know it's like little tubes like yeah, plastic tubes. Yeah, it looks like Benny's spaghetti. Yeah, 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 I love that one. That's, <laughs> that was my favorite like hair <laughs> style. I feel like the music choices even is like Aussie drag where it's like yes. it's faintly daggy like disco yes. and like Yeah, ABBA it's like the obvious stuff. like well, the drag yeah. too. Supposedly so. at that time period because that's like the same the same time that um Muriel's when yeah. came out. ABBA was like not a cool band. Like Australia was, randomly. Is that why Australia is connected like with ABBA loving revival. ABBA? Yeah. yeah. And so supposedly the director of Muriel's Wedding wrote ABBA a letter oh. being like, I love you so much and I, I want to use your music in my movie. And they were like, no, because some <laughs> other person had like tried to use ABBA music in a movie in oh. like a really horrible, mm. like derogatory way. Oh. And he was like, I'll send you a copy of the movie. Yeah. You can watch the movie and you'll see that this movie is like about loving ABBA. So like. Essentially, I feel like Australia and Australian cinema is like 
responsible for bringing <laughs> Abra- There wouldn't be any Mamma Mia Here We Go Again without it. No. Okay. Wow. We wouldn't have Meryl rocking out. In overalls. Um, Winner takes it all. Yeah, I wouldn't be crying watching <laughs> Mamma Mia. So maybe they shouldn't have because it could have saved you. <laughs> yeah, save you some tears. I, mean, I mean, we wouldn't have the full share album of ABBA songs either. So oh, that's course, actually really important to my life. Wouldn't. Foundational to it, of course. Yeah. Do you guys know anything about the connection between these movies? Like how it was figured out? Oh, that no. Is it, a, is it another case of the like one thing kind of spurring the other with a twin film kind of one? No, what is it? It's oh. totally random. Oh, <laughs> there were just what? two movies, both about drag queen road trips, and apparently the creators of Priscilla heard about the script of this American movie while they were filming Priscilla and like panicked and managed to get a copy of the script and thought like, okay, well we're already sort of into filming. Like ours is different enough. Let's go ahead. Got it out for the American one. It was a huge hit. The American one, Tu Wong Fu, which we'll talk about in a minute, made like three times as much money. But which one do we talk about today? Yeah. We're talking about Priscilla. Come on. Yeah, like, that's it. I don't fucking hear anyone talking about Tu Wong Fu. I have never heard of it yeah. prior to today. <laughs> there they, you go. They reference it in like American queer culture a little bit. Mm. But I feel like they reference Priscilla as much, if not more. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, and which is like, quite like, a statement for yeah, like American to recognise yeah, Australian culture on yeah, that level. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like with, like, To Wong Fu, the thing I would more so think with it being an American film is the idea of, like, every little project being a step forward uh, in a cultural, like, eye lens. But that approach to viewing films does not lend itself very well to, like, you know, decades later. Which is why now I'm like, oh, I, with Priscilla, do not view it through the lens of being like, what a huge step forward to like embrace or like ask audiences to embrace this culture more and stuff even though it is that i'm also just like this is a film full of love and respect and understanding of a community whereas like to wong fu is not as like fun as it should be or like it doesn't as much heart as it should be should we talk about to wong fu are we ready let's let's to wong fu it To Wong Fu, thanks for everything, exclamation mark. Julie Newmar is the autograph on a framed photo that the protagonists of this film carry around with them. On their own cross-country road trip, the protagonists are played by Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes and John Lenguizamo. And as we said, sadly, this movie came out a year after Priscilla. Maybe that had something to do with why it feels a bit tamer. It's a little bit less remembered. It's, it's just not up there for me. Or it just like, ain't it's been mentioned for ages and I've been meaning to watch it. It's and true. I feel like this movie takes three and a half hours to watch. <laughs> like I just feel like it just keeps it going. Just promises- Is it actually long as well? Like an hour I don't and a half think it's. Like, I don't think it's that. Let me look at the running time. But to you, it really dragged. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. Dragged. It was just <laughs> under two hours. It was like an hour and forty eight minutes. And mm. yeah, it feels. It's a really, film it's that an hour fifty six. It's actually. a film that promises mm. it's going to be a better film, and then it's not. I think part for of me, the- once I get to the town, and you're like, think about like Priscilla is a film of like it's a road trip, and there are multiple yeah, stops, this and isn't then this even film a road just trip movie stops yeah. in one town, yeah. and again, it's a film about. Like 
these drag queens being so fully formed in their worldview and their life that everywhere they go, yeah, they face adversity, but they overcome the their like things opposing them completely change their worldview in agreement with them. Like they're completely like, oh my God, you're right. You, we should let you in. Like we have been living in this really bad way. It's just a a film about success and it's not a film where the characters learn or change in any way. Like they don't have anything to learn. My favorite part of this whole movie is like, just like the opening, like transformation scene. Like I really like that scene. I love the bit when, like, Wesley Snipes, like, pulls the stockings up and then, like, kicks his little feet on the bed. He's, like, so excited. Yeah, Like, I love that bit. And then, like, the pageant's fun. But then I just find it very jarring that they're in drag for the entire movie. I'm like, this isn't human. And it's not true, yeah. It's not the reality of what it is. Like, why not kind of allow us Mm. to, like, learn more about Mm. you as people rather than just as... Particularly because, like, a drag your drag character is exactly that. It's a character that you have created. And it's like, your job. It, is, it is an kind extension of. of yourself, but it's still not you being 100% yourself. And again, a very like American way of presenting things is presenting things as completely, as completely one thing or completely the other in binaries. Yeah. And by being like, we want to tell a really respectful story about a community that isn't represented much. It's interesting that you're like, actually the way you do that justice is by showing them not be perfect or be unsure, but by showing them as these flawless people that always know exactly what to say, Mm -hmm. that get everything right, you don't actually present them as people. You present them as ideas. They're not real. you don't present them like as having flaws, which is... No, they're just like an idea of a person. They're not real people. And I'm like, that's not what this story should be. Like that isn't who these people are. Like as if they even like the nature of having like a police abuse scene where like mm. Patrick Swayze is going to get like raped by a cop yeah. and then like immediately brushing the trauma of that aside instantly yeah. and the cop not being dead. Like, and that cop also just being this cartoonish villain. Yeah. That and gets, it really isn't ever a real conflict. Like from way. then on, it's just like a potential obstacle that's easily batted away in like the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah. And exactly. for him to like go to his superiors and be like, you know, this happened to me. And then be like, oh, you got bashed up by a girl. You got bashed up by a girl. Like, number one, it's not the reality of what would happen <laughs> if you assaulted a police officer. So, so true. And yeah. like, it's just, it's kind of a bit embarrassing that that is like yeah. that the whole mm. like overarching like mm. conflict of the movie is mm. totally. I'm definitely with you like when they yeah. stop on the road and go into a toilet to change and come out in drag again in a different outfit yeah. it's like why would you want to do this if drag is just your job or like your character like like it, yeah like why are you <laughs> in doing Priscilla, this cross cr- country trip entirely in drag the whole time yeah like <laughs> but did that work for you guys at all that if you're accepting it on the level that like it is a fantasy where cops are not that powerful systemic racism and like sexism what's yeah. that I don't know her. what are you talking about and like yeah drag queens are 24 7 like these perfect fairy godmother like they can flip a town and like change its whole ideals mm. Was there, did you find any space to enjoy that or well, didn't work I, for you? Again, the nature of what our podcast is, of comparing two films next to each other, meant that when I watched the film, I enjoyed it. And then the next morning watching Priscilla, I, in retrospect, did was like, oh, no, that wasn't very good. But yeah. at the time watching it, I think that's what we have with a lot of, like, 
obviously these aren't, as we said, these aren't like, these films aren't responding to each other. They just exist in a very close span of time, release window-wise. It's a thing we talk about a lot with like, you know, when a British TV show will be adapted by America or that kind of thing. Like the American take on something generally will always make me go like, yeah, no, like I had a, I had a good time because the very means by which you approached this meant it was impossible for me to have a bad time. It's completely inoffensive and unchallenging. So I had a fun mm. time. Like this vehicle and vessel of a story generally always is if you make it well enough, like if it's cleanly told and the craftsmanship of it is tight enough, I will vibe with it, I guess. But like mm. not on a level where it's going to move me or stay with me in any like larger way whereas like it's just so disappointing because you think about Priscilla and you're like the truth of showing a drag queen who is projecting a lot of uh like aggression onto other people the truth of projecting a drag queen who is afraid of being their true self with their son all those things make me understand what that life must be like a lot better than Patrick Swayze knowing the best thing to say at every given moment yeah I think this movie might have had as many like really funny or quotable lines as Priscilla. Like there were bits where I was like, that's so funny or like good mm. lines or yeah. insults and stuff. Yeah. But like, I don't remember them now. Like mm. they don't, I think it's cause with Priscilla you have, I mean, we're already compare the piece, mm. but you have such a grasp on who the characters are that are saying it, that then you're like, Oh my God, classic Mitzi or whatever. Mm. Whereas in this, like, I love Jen, John Leguizamo, how he's like, I think he is deceased. I think he is prejudiced or whatever. <laughs> but like, I don't, yeah. like the, it, it feels like that. It feels really scripted and like mm. they thought of really funny things for drag queens to say yeah. and not why, and where it's coming from. Another, <laughs> with that exact character, another like harsh comparison both movies made is, so in Priscilla, Guy Pierce is, you know, young. Yeah, the least experienced one. Least experienced, like, sort of young, dumb, very loud. And the one that's the most like, I have something to prove. I'm mm. better than everyone. And learns learns the lesson. Yeah. In this film, it's always projected that John Leguizamo has a lesson to learn. We never, oh, I guess we do see them recognise that the, the boy in town that has a crush on them, they should give to but that's the young girl. That, that but it's so weird. That whole storyline is a bit weird. fucked to me that like, and then at the end, like, they win. I'm like, why? Has to decide, like, yeah. Chichi's like, oh, I'm not actually going to do it. And then the guy's like, oh, okay, well, second best is this girl. Yeah. And then we never like, see I it. actually know that you like Chichi because you've taken mm. her off on a date. But actually, yeah. you know, like, it's just like and so equally, convenient. A huge part, a huge part of Tawong Fu is built around the drag queens being like, we're passing as women. Let's not yeah. be our true selves. Yeah. Like, why would I want to watch a movie about drag queens where they're fucking pretending they're not drag queens all the time? If you're there's talking no about, yeah, it performing, being... there's no singing, there's no like set pieces of them being their creative selves. It's drag queens hiding a secret for an hour. Yeah. Like, I think that is the main thing that makes it feel like it's really made for just a straight audience. Mm. Like, even though it has so much, so, you know, it has like drag royalty and like all these underground like heroes at the start in the New York bit. Once they're out of their element, it becomes that thing that straight people are scared of where it's like it's drag queens are men tricking people into thinking they're women. Yeah. yeah. And it's like that's such a narrow description of what drag is, but it's like that becomes the whole tension of the movie being like, will they know we're men? <laughs> like, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. It just takes I, yeah, so much I think of the that there are some fun, like the the part where they find the sixties clothes. Yeah. yeah, that's really fun. But it feels like all of these scenes are like these sort of like transformation, like walk yeah. out and strike a pose scenes. It's not actually life. Yeah, and then totally. I think I honestly think that the most real moment of the movie is when Noxima, Wesley Snipes' character, is like hanging out with the old lady. I love when the she old lady. The picture. And then like she's just like rambling off I like, that like one her too. favorite movies in order. And like then, golden age movies. Yeah. yeah. And then they kind of have that moment and she like gets her like that is a very human moment, but I don't mm. really feel like because it's also not pushing that a character changes in some dramatic way that no one would do in the space of a day. It's an mm. old woman who's alone. Who has a particular problem. Who has a particular problem. And yeah. then but someone's been like, I actually like, hi, I can meet you there. And yeah. then them just connecting. Whereas the yeah. other ones, it's being like, I have an abusive husband. <laughs> I like, I'm really disgruntled. The, the big one, like some of them are a little bit characters, but being like, oh, I'm a disgruntled, angry person. Chuck a dress on me. I'm mm. like, wait. I'm pretty. Now I'm the fun one in town. Like that yeah. shit doesn't happen. It's yeah. not real. And which then is like, fine, and then but... like the lady having the crush on the guy who owns the cafe. Yeah. It's like, oh, you being here has made me confident <laughs> to actually like this. Ask like I'm out. a white woman who has a crush on this black man in this. It's like, you're actually allowed to do that. Yeah, and just, like, he's very respected the in the town. And so are you. Like, there's. And when he was like, yeah. I've been waiting to do this for 25 years. Why were you waiting? I'm like, what were you doing? There's no one here. There's nothing yeah. to do. And the drag queens didn't even interact with them and say, yes. like, you guys should get together. They were just like, you're being in my ratio, like, around me. Yeah. Is and then, and then well, there's also a full, another borderline sexual assault moment in that movie where Chi Chi's, like, going for a walk yeah. and all of those, like, gross boys, like, yeah. her and then, like, Bobby, whatever oh, so his true. name is, like... <laughs> saves her it's just like and then he things- gets a redemption arc and it's like what wasn't he gonna sexually assault someone yeah, earlier like, or like yeah. beat someone up like why would i just feel he like learn these, that lesson? these these mini storylines are just in there for ways to fill time in the movie They're hollow, yeah actually progressing anything it's just like and then the whole movie as i said is just like these little moments and then bits filling in the time it's yeah. not actually a th- thought out mm. storyline. I don't know why I keep coming back to the American thing, but I'm just like, again, I just see the American lens of needing to end things, needing films to have conclusive answers to problems. Mm. And I'm like, this, <laughs> the problems facing drag queens do not have, con- like the problems are like systemic and built yeah. into world and culture. All you can do is show the way they resolve within it themselves. Mm. Why would you focus on changing other people? They're not going to change. Yeah. Like, but the world has taught these people that live in this like ugly, visually ugly town. When we think about it, Priscilla, where the bloody like gorgeous frames are changing all the time, and we're going to all these different various mm. locations throughout the desert instead of just this like there is that not variety. even like Middle yeah. America, like dirty, like brown dirt, like yeah. everything is ugly as hell. Yeah, it's like there's 25 people that live in this town. Yeah, they hate each exactly. other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and um. No, well, maybe we'll, I, I have a point to begin our compare the picks chat with. Are we ready to compare the picks? How are okay. we feeling? Yeah, let's. Would you have another? I did want to read out yeah, go the for it. fascinating list of people that were considered for Patrick's. Oh, yeah, well. an interesting of one. Vita mm. <gasps> no, I know you would have loved to see Tom Cruise mm. was being considered. Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, my gosh, that would have been <laughs> evil. <laughs> that would have been, been, been Imagine if Tom Cruise came up to you in drag and was like, let's go shopping or something. I'll be like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> 
Um, Robert Downey Jr. Gary Oldman. That wow. would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he would have gotten his Oscar sooner. Yeah. Who knows? Mum's bestie, Matthew Broderick. There's a really funny one on that list that there's also a joke about in the movie. I'm like, Mel yeah. Gibson. Oh, yeah, John Cusack, Mel Gibson. And they're so like, say, and then he then has like, a great can or whatever. Yeah, like, no, but uh, the whole conversation is about being like, oh, God, every I hate all men. All men are bad except for Mel Gibson. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. You are wrong about that. You are really wrong. Yeah. And also Willem <laughs> Dafoe, who's on my shirt right now. He would Johnny Depp. Our bay. Yeah. And Robin Williams, who ended up just being... A small support. Oh, should we talk? Should we talk about some of the cameos in the movie as well? Yeah, yeah. fucking Naomi got- Campbell. Naomi Campbell. Ah. Rue. <laughs> yeah, Rue with a as, great drag. Rachel name. tensions. That's very good. <laughs> I do find it funny that she's wearing like a Confederate flag. Yeah, dress. that was a great. Yeah. Um, okay, we've got um, Joey Arias, who's a um, like a club kid from the nineties. We've got Lady Bunny. We've Coco got Peru. Coco Peru. Um, and then yeah, Robin Williams as. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. (laughs) (laughs) And then he was like, this must be my name. (laughs) Um, That very point, that was actually like the point I was going to kick off at Mm. the picks with. Just like the openings of both these movies perfectly signify my perspective towards them both. Being Priscilla opens with your lead character bearing their soul through their performance and no one really giving a shit and them being backstage being like, God, it really never does get any easier, doesn't it? Yeah. Making me also get past the barrier a bit more that it's a straight man playing this role. Mm. This film opens with, after the gorgeous, like, um, as you said, like transformation scene, the pageant, which is... Actual drag queens who are gorgeous, who are stunning, who clearly know how to do what they're doing and do it in the real world. Next to, like right next to in the frame, celebrate like mm. Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes and John Leguizamo, pardon me, in drag. And then they win that competition. Yeah. I feel, like, being- I feel like it's a bit of a slap in the face to... Because, like, drag pageantry is a huge industry in America. And people work their whole life. Like, they literally commit their whole lives. They never make the money back that they put into these sorts of things. But Mm. it's just, like, the pure Labor of love. Yeah, it's a labor of love. And, yeah, to kind of be, like, these little rats. Like, all I could do is think about, like, imagine, like, (laughs) Rue and all those people being like, oh, yeah, all right. And then Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes are going to do it. Okay. And, like, but it's just so... Mm stupid as a creative choice even to be like in the very same frame I'm saying and not to say that like I adore Patrick Swayze it's actually like I didn't know Wesley Snipes could do this kind of I've only seen him when in action he was stuff basketball that was fucking hilarious. yeah, yeah. That was, that was but that's what, I've never seen Wesley Snipes in this kind of role I'm like you're great but it just is the thing of like when I'm looking at the frame and seeing all these like real drag queens and then I'm seeing straight actors doing a brave role as drag queens mm. that is like that takes me out of it and does make me go like oh no the statement here is by watching like people that wouldn't otherwise do this kind of role be brave and do that kind of role and then it's hard to take them out of that and then yeah. for the rest of the movie being like they're delivering authentic drag the real message I think it's also interesting be- the time period of like the, the placement of time in this movie that that like the Night like the late 90s, late 80s to kind of mid 90s is like peak, like Paris is burning, like ball yeah. culture. And to kind of make a movie about this pageant with like yeah. three cis men 
you know, it's just mm. a bit like having them vogue and be like that. It, I've seen better voguing than that. Yeah. <laughs> like literally. Yeah. yeah. Huge. Cool. Let's properly compare. Even like we've been comparing. We've pretty much done it. <laughs> well, let's dive in and, and well, get, get those votes. <laughs> movies have pretty goddamn long titles they're both about two more seasoned drag queens traveling around with one drag princess or or whatever felicia is (laughs) 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 but as we've said there's like a huge difference in how they understand drag whether that's as i know it's been saying because it's a national thing of american pageant drag versus like aussie campy disco more goofy performative drag or whatever um what were your experiences of watching these like? Because as we've all said, we've watched Priscilla a bunch of times. Did that, that didn't make you any more, like, look more fairly onto Wong Fu? Nah. <laughs> just, it's a fat no. Nah. I just feel like there's something missing from to Wong Fu. Like, you're just watching it, you're kind of like, you're just hoping that something's going to happen that <laughs> makes you feel a bit warm and it just, it just yeah. kind of never gets there i think what you said about it filling in time yeah it feels really static and i think for being a road movie like which you think is going to be really linear of like they keep going and something happens to stop them for a bit and they keep going the fact that their car is stuck there over ages and at this you know when they arrive it's like oh looks like stocker channing is in a domestic abusive relationship and then it just has to wait until at some point in the movie they're like, okay, now we can address this. Let's stop that relationship. It's like what was the in-between there for? Like why yeah. was it that you were just waiting around and other stuff was taking up our attention when we know this has to be addressed? You know? It's just so full of like when I hate when, again, when movies make this kind of choice to be like, no, all the answers will be fixed. I'm like, well, then you will have scenes where I stare at the characters knowing that this isn't how it would go and then the scene ends. Which in this is Stockard Channing staring down her abusive husband at the end and him just being like, ugh, and walking away. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's how a domestic toxic relationship ends. The husband gets like like, thrown at the door once and he's like, oh, wow, she's in a red dress. Oh, that changes things, doesn't it? All right, I'm out now. She did look great though. She did. That's not what's important. (laughs) In the the break... um, Wait, how do we get there? So we were saying Stockard Channing always plays sad people characters. No, but she also looks younger and in she, this movie than she looks in Greece, yeah. which was like 20 <laughs> years before. That's so true. How does that happen? And then Molly said... She looks like my aunt. She looks like your aunt. And we said she doesn't look like a mum. And we're saying she I think like some... Too, I'm going another game, a classic no dancing game. I'm going to list some actors and actresses. <laughs> and you have to say whether you think they look... Wait, no, just actresses, I guess. And you're going to say you whether didn't. they look... It's going to be dads and uncles. Yes, yeah, indeed. okay. Oh, true. All of the above. <laughs> and you're going to say whether you think they are more of a mum or more of an aunt. Okay? Yes, I'm ready. Meryl Streep. Mum. Just because of Mamma Mia, gotta be a mum. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. In Devil Wears Prada, she's an auntie, though. Yeah. Yeah. 
Very true. She just has commanding main character energy. Not Anthony? that an aunt can't be a main character. She's certainly an aunt and death becomes her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's she should so not have true. a child. Speaking woman. of, Goldie Horn. <gasps> mum. Aunt. Yeah. She's famously a mum of Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson's mum. Yeah, that's why I, yeah. Yeah, I was like, mum. <laughs> Wait, so is, is Kurt Russell Kate Hudson's dad? No. No. That it's from another. Okay, but that's fine. Wyatt Russell, obviously. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Okay, um, Emily Blunt, auntie, Aunt, yeah. auntie, yeah. Okay, cool. One more. Let's about a Faye Dunaway, auntie. Oh, but mommy dearest. Exactly. Yeah. I know that is true. But you, you, the essence of the person. Her essence is aunt like. Yeah, I'll say aunt as well. There you go. And are you a Beyblade or a, or a Ripstick? <laughs> <laughs> there are two genders, Beyblade and a Ripstick. No, that doesn't make sense. A Ripstick is like a big skateboard and a Beyblade's like a little it tiny. It makes perfect sense. Are you either consistent, <laughs> flowing, like you kind of move at a consistent pace but you're a little bit more, or explosive in short bursts and then dead? <laughs> I, I saw a TikTok the other day that says everything's either hot or it's camp. <laughs> two things in the world. You're either hot two or you're stands. camp. There you wow. go. Um, and are you either Priscilla or are you Tawong Fu? Uh, and you want to be Priscilla. I mean, watching Tawong Fu made me feel weird and guilty because I feel like a script I had to write for my uni thesis was extremely like Wong Fu. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so I was like, well, clearly I have these like <laughs> instincts as well for storytelling, being like, you know, there are characters that are just dumb and bad and just need to get banished. And then there's characters that just don't know that they can be fabulous mm. yeah. and their life can be good. <laughs> so maybe I'm Wong Fu, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally, I totally know what you mean. Like it Wait, is a structure. Him? No, no. Oh, totally. <laughs> I have more to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think Wong Fu, like I understand again, like it's the kind of thing where when you put it next to something that makes such big, bold choices with such respect and love for the characters it points out to you how damning a very simple structure can be. And I think there are some kinds of filmmakers even who I think I'm like, you know how to tell very obvious stories in very exciting ways. Mm. And then I think there are times where you see that kind of movie and you're just like, I don't know, it doesn't really do much for me if you're just choosing to take so much possibility of all the choices you can make and this is what you're doing with it. Even just... Mole, like, would you speak more to, like, the music of To Wong Fu, in, like, being, like, so familiar with this kind of music and stuff, like, mm. and how Priscilla I is, mean, like, ra- is, like, rapturously in love with its music and then yeah, To Wong Fu think, doesn't even have them singing or lip syncing. I think that um, in terms of the music, like, there is some kind of classic, like, there's, like, Chaka Khan, Crystal mm. Waters. And the opening, um... Yeah, Brick House. Salt and Pepper. Yeah, great. Salt and Pepper. Yeah, there's there's mm. some really good songs in here. It's just they they just don't hit the same as the way that they do in Priscilla. Mm. Um, They're sort of like housey or dancey or whatever. Yeah. Like across the Even board. in the way you direct a, like, musical sequence, right? Like in Priscilla, there's someone, like, putting the cassette in, 
pressing play. And it's like, that's the anticipation of someone's about yeah. to perform. That's the like excitement about being like, oh my God, how's it's it going like, to be perceived? It's also like How the, are they going to the like it? The transformation from diegetic to non-diegetic yeah. sound. Mm. And like so true. back the Oof, other way. Looking at those I studied media in year 11. Didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but in Tuong Fu, like any version of performing, it's just opens with that this is going to be a success. This yeah. is going to be great. Yeah. This is going to be rapturously loved. Yeah, it's, also, like, it's also, it's not exciting. As, as you said about success, like performing for the applause, not performing for kind of the love of performing. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. that's it. I just, I also think that in terms of like stereotypical, like queerness, mm. the way that it's portrayed in Tuong Fu, I mean, like obviously all the men in it, cis straight men, We've, we all, all know that that's not how things should be cast if this was happening in 2021. Mm. But I just feel like the way that the 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 men in the male actors in Tuong Fu are kind of like portraying these characters is just not sincere. It's not even doesn't even really feel loving the way that it does mm. in Priscilla. Like yeah. it feels like. They, like they, it feels like they are the characters. It doesn't feel like mm. they're putting on this like gay mask. Mm. Again, when straight men play roles not meant for them, we mm. are celebrating the performance of queerness instead of yeah. the character. We're celebrating them being like, oh my God, you've transformed yourself into a drag queen, into a gay man, into a trans yeah. person, instead of being like, you are living as that person, which is not what we do for literally anything else. So, And it's not comparable to, like, you know, neurotypical people playing neurodivergent characters, but, you know, it's it's kind of similar in a way that you've seen someone and you're trying to pretend to mm. be that. Yeah, absolutely. So, when yeah. you're not giving any space for those people anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, I also think it's interesting in not a positive way in either of the movies, how, like, people of colour kind of use as yeah. props and, like, yeah. little, they're just kind of there to, like, cheer you on rather than yeah, totally. be a character or be, get to be a person. Yeah. Mm, yeah or just I, there to be so impressed by the drag queens. Where it's yeah. like, wow, this is, like, so fabulous. And Yeah, that sequence in still hadn't stood out to me as much Yeah. before what, this viewing. It was definitely an, an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, in a context of the film, because it's obviously like a positive portrayal. Yeah. And there's an element of being like, well, we're telling this story about Central Australia celebrating Australia. Mm-hmm. So we have to include Indigenous people, but they aren't. Uh, just there as an audience. Yeah. And equally just portrayed as as entirely as it being like the experience of this entire community is subsumed into being like one thing, which is like. We are welcoming of these people, which isn't necessarily letting them tell their own story. It's they are a prop mm. to another person's. Yeah. Yeah. I think some, it was interesting seeing some of the feedback for Wong Fu at the time because it seemed like audiences or like critics were put off by its political correctness, like saying it's so sanitized and like kind of picking up on what we're complaining about today, saying like it gets rid of any of the conflict or realistic issues that. Drag queens or people so, in like a conservative so rural straight town edge, would like it, it, it does not want yeah. to talk about and hardship. I think if it's like, do you reckon it would have got that criticism if Priscilla hadn't come out like just then and maybe not have been as politi- politically correct? Like we we talked about this particular character that has not aged well and like 
is pretty like dodgy and stuff, but it's just like it covers all the same ground or anything that could be groundbreaking that Tawong Fu attempts, right? I absolutely think so. I also think because it's so safe, it means that like when it is offensive, I'm like, oh, like there is some, like some of the things that they, like their catty callbacks to each other are like actively offensive. Well, like calling, she, calling, yeah, calling, calling John Lingus a, a little, little Latin boy third world, a third world, like a little yeah, third world like, boy in drag. I, 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 yeah. like, I don't That's know if that character is actively racist then because it's supposed to be implied that that Chichi is trans. I feel like it kind of is more mm. implied than not. And yeah. so to kind of continuously call. Say so you're just a boy, boy in a yeah, dress. Yeah, it's a boy you're in a dress. You're just trying to be us and and us are men which again i'm like if you spoke Mm. to like the drag community and that community would they say like wouldn't everyone just say like no like this is a welcoming space for everyone that wants to be here we're here to give community instead of being like you think you're a drag queen you haven't learned anything yet like trial by you have a lot to learn until you'll truly be one of us but then it's also like there's actually no lesson throughout the movie for that's what i mean chichi doesn't learn anything and at the end i'm like why do you deserve to win what if what you're the only character her to teach her, but you've taught her nothing. You're the only character and with the possibility of, a sudden, of an she's arc. Winning in this yeah. fugly green dress. Yeah. <laughs> totally, that's it. It is Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, for me. That's my vote. Me too. By Same. far, by far, by far. Damn. If anything, just had a great rewatch of it clean and had a bloody sweep. ball. Clean oh. sweet. We haven't had a clean sweet for a while. We've been bloody hot in each other's heels recently, don't you? Ah, disagreeing. Yeah. yeah. Wait, no, Priscilla, Frozen. Like Wait, sweep of the desert. What did we? What? What did I say for Frozen? You, we agreed. Disney Frozen. Disney both, Frozen. Yeah. Do you disagree with that now? I, I'm like, oh, that Noah was dumb. <laughs> wow. No, no, I don't. That's right. That's Molly, correct. when you listen, do you like generally agree with Noah's opinions? Because he's Cause like, now I lose your a friend. Lot. Are you like, wow, and you an like, idiot? And you, yeah. I feel like, oh, are you like, he's I dumb? I don't know. I can't think of one in particular. I've been like, <laughs> fuck Noah. <laughs> fuck that know. boy. When you, oh, I'm trying to think, what's on what? What are some ones that we've lost? Oh, did you? You lose all the time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we, uh, White House down and Olympus has fallen. I did haven't you... seen either of them, so <laughs> I couldn't tell the difference between the Damn yeah. Same as Towering <laughs> Inferno, Poseidon Adventure. Yeah. We can never get closure. Fantastic Mr. Fox, Incredibles, <gasps> you da- lost. Sure, Dante's Peak, Volcano. I haven't listened to that one yet because I've been saving them to listen to them on like, when I have a long crumpet delivery. <laughs> oh, love. We <laughs> both deliver our crumpets. Yeah, I actually have get, got Noah every job he's ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually so true. No, what do you think? Mariner? No, it's not. Mariner? Don't tell everyone come, where well, we I work. Can, I, well, I, they can come visit. We'll get them more business. John Linguizamo <laughs> will come. Why didn't anyone like my movie? That is so funny. I love that feeling. <laughs> Stunning. Well, Ooh. do we check on our triplets? Let's get up there and have a look at them. Yahoo! <laughs> Knock, knock, the triplets kind of get out. Oh, no, he's at the door. <laughs> Damn, I feel like that's quite polite to knock. Like, yeah. to be he's trapped in there and just go, He's not um, busting out the roof <laughs> hole. No. <laughs> Let me in. It's that Eric Andre me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not Hugo from The Simpsons. No. <laughs> I mean, that's who be. we picture every single time. Triplet in the attic. Triplet in the attic is our segment where we pick 
a little addendum, an additional little thing that would be great if you're watching both these movies and you just don't want the party to end. Molly, would you like to start or would no, you finish up? No, I've got so your... many that I That's said I'm going to gonna steal them from someone else. So we'll start. <laughs> no, I'll go ahead with yours first. Stunning. I will start. And I'm excited too for a triplet for the first time. Recommend something. I, I'll always do like a movie. I think I've done a board a game soup. before. I've done a song. I did a soup once. I've never been able to recommend a fellow artist and friend. Oh. The stunning, gorgeous... Iva Rosebud. Iva Rosebud is the stunning Melbourne drag queen, Melbourne-based drag queen. Um, Alter Ego. Alter Ego is our dear, dear friend, Lockie Bartlett, who I studied with at the VCA. We did music theatre together. And for a long, long time, we were all like, well, when when is the drag happening? You're going to kill it. We know you will. I saw Iva's debut at Rainbow Rainbow Club. Is that what it is? Yeah, Rainbow, Rainbow Club. House. Rainbow House. Club. Rainbow House. Um, Smith Street. Exactly, like a few months ago. What was and the performance? It was a stunning debut. Everyone was like, "She's <laughs> stunning, like four times." Because well, we need it's to clarify that she's stunning. Okay, she's stunning. And <laughs> also, know. if you like the word "darling," you'll hear "darling" a lot. You'll hear <laughs> a lot of "darlings" from. Iva Rosebud, um, and we also just hit the ground running. Cabaret the other day by Iva, so sweet as well to see Iva be talking about loving a wine, loving a party, loving a boog, which is you know it's just yeah very special to see your friends doing things where you're like oh this is exactly where you're supposed to be doing exactly what you should be doing. So you can follow Iva Rosebud on Instagram just at Iva Rosebud. We'll put it in the show notes and. Keep your eye out for everything that they do in the future because you will not fucking regret it. Trady by day, queen by night. <laughs> we love Ivor. And in fact, um, it was in the context of a uni group assignment performance thing yeah. with Ivor's uh, alter ego, Lachlan Bartlett, that Nora and I met, without Aww. which like this day podcast one. wouldn't oh. have happened. Really? If we had been in a different group, if we potentially hadn't been, then yeah, there's not Truly Mongrel is like a big one for like all my creative projects essentially since. Because this podcast, the short film that we made, all my film friends since, it's all Mongrel. There you go. That's so beautiful. The little plug for the VSA. Because of Iva. Yeah, because of Iva. Beautiful. Well, Liz. You yes, let out your I am going to do a movie, which Love. is easy to always recommend. It's the 1968 doco, The Queen. <gasps> Love. About, yeah, yeah. Priscilla Beja. <gasps> That's exactly what I was recommending. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. It's about, like, the New York pageant scene. And, like, it's all good and worth watching. Like, I'm assuming if you're interested in watching The Queen, you've already seen Paris is Burning and, like, a bunch of other drag or, like, New York queer underground-centric things. But I think the sort of lack of polish of this doco makes it extra interesting because you do go backstage. As you said, Molly, the best bit in the whole doco is after the winner is announced and one of the, like, contestants that feels they should have won, probably rightfully, um, throws a tantrum and is seen in the street arguing with, like, pretty poorly lit, (laughs) like, (sighs) camera footage and, like, back in the hallways of the theatre just ranting about, like how they deserve to win and Whoa. yeah she did that's huge. Christian, Christian. oh i want to watch that that's great it's really good yeah. that sounds so cool 
Um, I Molly, have a, I have a few. kick it yes. off. Almost just, when you picked these movies, I knew I was like, we are going to get like the most incredible <laughs> triplets. Uh, I cannot wait. Um, well, I just also think it's interesting. Um, the you know how the the thing that Rue says is like, ladies, start your engines, mm. and they're the best woman. Gentlemen, mm. start your engines. But now it's changed. But the start your engines is actually from Priscilla the movie when when Bernadette's about to start the. The RV or whatever it's called. Oh. She says, ladies, start your engines. <gasps> oh, that's so true. I that's where it came. I didn't actually realize it until I watched yeah. the movie. That's just from, what is, what does Rue say now? Does um, she say that anymore? drag queens, queens start your engines. I mean, right. drag. I don't actually right. Yeah. And did she or say gentlemen? Yeah, she, she says gentlemen. I think she says races or something. Oh, yeah, races yeah. start your engines made the best drag queen win. Right. Because it's a bit. Mm. Yeah, and Perfect. they had to change yeah, it totally. for like the most recent season or whatever the intro song, and it sounds really bad. Now. Yeah, it's like we're the best drag queen win. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not very good. Um, obviously the Priscilla musical is fab. Um, mm. See it on a cruise ship if you can. Yeah, go see it on a cruise ship. Um, it's really fun. I just worked on an amateur production of Priscilla Queen of the Desert, which is quite fun. It's just it's for clock. Yes, for clock. Um, it's just interesting seeing, because obviously drag queens are very thrifty and it's seeing an amateur production of it is really interesting because, you know, yeah. being being crafty and, you know, being able on to budget, make things yeah. on a budget is an inherent part of drag. Mm. And I thought it was really fun and interesting yeah. to And as we on. talked about with things like RuPaul, whenever it's like in state, like asserted that it's like you're not, Spending enough money, it's like yeah. as that's it's always mm. been for it's underprivileged people who don't have to be creative exactly with the way they spend their money. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be me if I didn't mention an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> yes. um, there is a Simpsons episode <laughs> on season thirty. In fact, <gasps> episode seven of season thirty Whoa. called "Working Mum," where and Raj is in it. RuPaul Raja Raja. is in <laughs> it. Hell? RuPaul is in it. Oh. The the people think that Marge is a drag queen. Oh. And yeah, so they think Marge is like a fab drag Sorry, queen that's and kind she's of a really fun, famous. That's a clever idea for a Simpsons episode. Um, oh my God. And it's just a really fun episode. I don't really like new episodes of The Simpsons as much as like yeah. the glory Golden days. Golden era. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I did watch that episode and I really enjoyed it. But my actual <laughs> triplet in the attic is. Ooh. The independently funded and run TV show Dragula by the Boulay brothers. And it is. Oh, stunning. You would love this, Noah. In fact, Do they have I, a horror special on Shudder. So it's they, all horror. It's all horror. <laughs> oh, wow. It's essentially an, like a competition TV show like Drag Race, but it's about alternative drag, particularly horror drag. That's awesome. And yeah, it's run by the Boulay brothers, who are a drag queen couple. And yeah, it's all about um, horror, filth, glamour. Is that it? Yeah, I think it says drag, filth, yeah, drag, but like filth, drag, horror, glamour. <laughs> and it's all about kind of representing those things in your drag. And so they'll have like themed runways or themed challenges. And the filth runway is always like genuinely yeah, sickening, people vomiting like, and disgusting. eating their own vomit, like. Oh, real, like, eating, um, eating divine. Who, like, is that divine? Her name? The, yeah. the divine, yeah. So it's just a really fun. Oh, that is And it's stunning. a much more inclusive TV show than Drag Race in that yeah. they're, they're, one of the last winners was a drag king. They mm-hmm. have lots of gender nonconforming. And they've sort of discussed, like, it in drag. Like, they have this whole argument last season about, like, the term, like, serving fish and mm. stuff that was yeah, really Yeah, absolutely. Like, 
they just have these, these really interesting discussions that you wouldn't be able to see on Drag Race because of censorship and stuff like that. And the prize money is all donated by fans, so it's kind of crowdfunded. So it's really fun. I am so excited by both your picks. I really mm. want to see those. Ah. Stunning work. Molly, you came in. Red hot. Research ready, red hot, ready and roaring. No profanity for Leanne. Leanne will be happy. Sorry, Leanne. I hope you still think I'm your favorite. No, Leanne is obsessed with Molly. And honestly, after listening to this episode, I'm sure you you have to agree. What a gun. We cannot wait to have you back soon. Yeah, thank you. Do you have anything you'd like to plug or promote? Um, I'm currently about to go into production for a show I'm stage managing at La Mama called An Indigenous Trilogy. It's um, a three-part, three-act play um, written, directed and fully conceptualised by First Nations artists. Um, It's going to run over the course of three weeks with four performances of part one, four performances of part two, four performances of part three, and then four performances of all parts together in one. Um, it's a fully Indigenous cast and I feel really honoured to be a part of it and it's going to be really amazing to oh, come see it. Gorgeous. Whenabouts that's is that going to be on? It's on in from November 16th till December 5th at La Mama Courthouse in Carlton. Oh, good. Carlton. So we've got time to like... Yes. Yeah, we can yes. really plug yes. yes. it. Lots of time to buy tickets. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, oh, that cool. sounds amazing. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, if you want to, if you enjoyed today's episode and you want to let us know or you want to ask us questions or you want to I don't know, request other episodes as well. You can do any of those things by contacting us at twinpixpodcast at gmail.com and check us out on our socials where if you really want to fight for Tuong Fu on the polls. Yeah, it could use some support. It wasn't wasn't a bad movie. We just put it next to a classic (laughs) and it it couldn't stand the heat. Um, The hot Aussie sun. Sorry, Julie. That's what you get. Sorry, Wong. Yeah, I, I still Wong. don't get that title. I just really don't. Too it much. doesn't do much Too for long. me. Um, it's done. Yeah. Um, and next week's episode. Ooh, we have a nice little diversion. We Noah do. and I are going to have a spooky little discussion about our favourite acting performances in the horror genre. Spooky horror performances. The monsters themselves and the people doing the running. <laughs> All of the above. That's it. Mall. Yay! Thanks you did for it. having me. You're finally here. <laughs> Yahoo! You got a Twin Peaks tattoo on my butt. And a boom. Wow, of what? <laughs> like the cover art of the I don't know. <laughs> Just like Jansen's. <laughs> Jansen's. And like, <laughs> Would we have to get what permission from the guy that did the, the art <laughs> no, for I our get thing? No, I caricatures of your faces. Oh, okay. oh, I love. That would wow. be great. Would you put it next to your little, My little new baby. baby tattoos that you got on your um on your chungas? Yeah. No, those, those aren't chungas. What are chungas? Your, your thighs. Chungas are your thighs. What are your... Calves. Calves. My chungas. Your chungas. <laughs> My chungas. <laughs> yep. Stunning. Well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Yay. Yay.